This is episode 10 of Girls on Film. Today's guest takes us inside the inner workings of the Weather Channel. Production coordinator Addie Ball dishes on the cutting-edge technology and the amazing dedicated people who make the Weather Channel America's first choice when weather matters. Everybody, this is Sarah Smith, and I am with Teresa Roth. Hi, everybody. And we are Girls on Film podcast, and we are here with Port Wilson. Good morning. Who is our director extraordinaire. And we have a guest today, and her name is Addie Ball. Addie Ball. I've been screwing that name up all morning. It's so simple. What is going on? And um, Addie is a great production coordinator from the weather channel yes ma'am and that that job description doesn't nearly encompass all the things that she does because believe me there's a ton i know you were looking at her at her credential her 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 vita exactly so Addie, it you know in your own words what 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 does a production coordinator do specifically at weather channel um a production coordinator really fills a lot of functions like they in my particular role i kind of step in all of the cracks if you will currently my main function is working on the innovations team so what i do is i kind of test and look into new technologies and oh my new ways of broadcasting things and you know new new equipment and cameras and lights and all that kind of stuff to kind of get the most cutting edge uh materials we can get uh and and equipment for what we have to do because we have to broadcast in some pretty extreme conditions yes yeah you need waterproof stuff oh yeah ip65 plus if i can <laughs> you know um i don't know if you can just go off on this piece a tiny tiny bit with uh the technology I remember last year i can't remember where the flood was or, or where the water was but you guys were doing some incredibly cool broadcasting mm-hmm. um i don't know if it was a green screen or what you were using Mm-hmm. Um, but your anchor people were showing how much the water was rising, and, and it was just a really entertaining weather show. I mean, it really, really interesting. Sure. I think what you're talking about is um, our IMR, which is Immersed Reality. Oh, right. Okay. And what that is is we kind of have like a green screen, and we have, um, and I'll try not to get too technical here, but uh it's okay but we have uh <laughs> sorry i'm doing tisking <laughs> it's okay but uh we have cameras mounted underneath cameras if you will so you've got the main lens that's capturing the talent yeah and then you have these other cameras that are mounted underneath okay that are kind of capturing the scene for a particular software that they use to sort of map the room if you will, yep. and they're able to create this immersed reality situation. Yeah. So it looks like the anchor is standing in the floodwater. Right. Wow. So it it's was a, so cool. Yeah, it's a pretty compelling uh, tool that Absolutely. we can use to well, explain. How that. long has that been around? Um, 
Well, immersed reality, I mean, the way we're doing it hasn't been around for a super long time. Right. Um, it has been around for a while in that, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Cletus. No. The, he's a robot that the NFL uses for oh. their broadcast. He was created using some of the same technology. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Mm. Do you invite people to come as a team, as, um, as you're part of the innovation team, do you invite people to come to the Weather Channel to show them, so they can show you their latest stuff? Oh, absolutely. I would yes. love to hear a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Um, well, it's so fascinating. Oh, it is pretty fascinating. Yeah. So, especially anything with lighting or cameras or new lenses or any of that stuff, definitely they come in and show, you know, all the latest. I mean, the way that even lights can be built these days is completely different. I was used to having like HMIs out in the field mm-hmm. that you have to like protect to keep the bulbs from getting wet and right. all that kind of stuff. And I mean, even some of them we had, they would blow, you know, like, cause the, if the water gets on them, they get so hot, they would just explode. Mm-hmm. And now they have, there's one group that has uh, a particular light that you can submerge I mean, I can just drop it down in the water and just submerge it. That's wow. so cool. So that's so cool. Teresa knows this about me. She knows that I am a, I am like a, a weather buff. Oh my gosh, she loves weather. I yeah, I love it. And don't ever doubt her. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Um, yeah, I just I'm so interested in it. So I'm I'm wondering, is there a challenge ever to bridge the gap between actually? Um, looking at weather, gathering information technologies, and television broadcasting technologies? Um, There can be, but we do a pretty good job using our Viz graphics where we're able to pretty easily integrate the, the weather story with television. Gotcha. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not super difficult. The, the hardest thing I think is taking a weather event and making a story out of it so i have to give the producers a whole lot of credit because they're able to take this thing this event that's happening and make it into a compelling story for people to want to you know consume you know Teresa roth is a great writer and if you ever need help with that just call her because she's amazing (laughs) she can make a story out of anything out of a piece of white bread on the table she can make a story well, now I would like to hear the story of how you learned how to be so incredibly technically proficient. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of a long story, but I grew up in a small town north of Al- or north of Birmingham in Alabama, and we were in a very rural area, and so my grandfather, and of course, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of resources because okay. we weren't uh, a super wealthy or well-off family. So my grandfather had to get really inventive with what he did. He was a pretty scientific person, so he would do kind of his own little experiments with, you know, mechanics and machines and stuff. He was a journeyman. Uh, He invented some things for a nail company in Alabama. So that was kind of what he did. And I spent most of my time during the day before I ever started school hanging out with him at his barn while we made all kinds of stuff that's exactly the picture i had in my mind yeah and so because i spent so much time with him seeing all those things it kind of gave me an edge to be more technically i guess capable and curious mm-hmm. yes 
That's so Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think it's really wonderful that you hail from the state where Doppler radar was created. <laughs> I know I'm a weather nerd. I you must love it. James Fan. I do. Oh I do. my gosh! I know people who would literally cut their cable off if they didn't get a chance to have James Fan. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I've seen them do it when Dish Network dropped ABC 3340. Yep. yep. And that's the station he's on in Birmingham. It's a, they, night, it's a nightmare. Oh yeah, they quit. They're like, I don't care if I'm going to have to pay a disconnection fee or whatever. They said if you can't carry James Fan, I don't want you. We all wow. Worked, we all worked with um with the Emmy Academy, the Southeastern Emmy Academy, and mm-hmm. we gave him a Silver Circle Lifetime Achievement Award for all of his work oh, yeah. in weather broadcasting. He's so, amazing. Yep, yep. He knows every road in the state of Alabama, I'm convinced. Whoa. <laughs> he does. I mean, if you watch him. He knows him, where the tornadoes <laughs> are going to hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you watch him, he can sit here and tell you everything, well, this is such and such road and such and such for the whole, like, northern half of the state. That's cool. It's crazy. Gracious. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm. I'm sorry for the tangent, Teresa. That's okay. Sorry. We're all about weather today. As soon as she said Alabama, I was like, Doppler radar, Doppler radar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, Addie, going back to... Um, the many many things you do at the weather channel can you give us just a typical day or do you have a typical day i never have a typical day well that's good especially um if we're having any kind of weather event i help to make sure that everybody that's going out in the field has all of the stuff that they need so i make sure that they've got video return i make sure that they've got all the mics and the phones and that they have lights and all of that kind of stuff because i buy all of those things like i research and buy all of that stuff for them and i also kind of have my equipment room that I give stuff to you know the talent and photographers which I guess they're actually videographers but for some reason they call them photographers what's your what's the thing you always make sure you have a backup for oh I have backups for everything okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean especially like we have backup cables and yeah mics are really the biggest thing especially going out into storms and weather mics are the things that are going to fail you every time so we try to have backup mics and backup you know, transmitters and receivers and all that kind of stuff. What kind of mics they, do you like to use? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Um, I like Electrosonic for the field. Making wireless a note or hardware? Wireless. Yeah. wireless. Electrosonic. Yes. And and for, for if you need a hardwired, we'll do, um, you know, I mean, I like a Sony ECM um, LOV, if I have to have that. It's a really nice LOV. Um, and then there's a Sennheiser handheld that I like quite a bit. Hmm. Gotcha. Making notes. <laughs> the electrosonics are a little more expensive, but they really put up with a ton of punishment. Cool. And most of them are slot ends, too, which I don't know if you know what that means. I but don't. Like, if you have a professional ENG camera, um, there's slots in them for mics, uh, the receivers, okay. to go into. So gotcha. there's, most of them are slot ends. So that's a little more efficient. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Got it. it makes the, the camera midge heavier, but not terrible. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So tell me about the part of your job where you're a liaison between departments. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when they're trying to do a production in the studio or outside of the studio, I'll work with them to kind of understand what they need to know for wherever it is that they're going. So if they're going to try to do something, shoot something out in the parking lot, you know, I will consult with them and, you know, the producers and say, this is what you can reasonably expect. So 
instead of um, like for example we did a hot car example where or I guess a hot car explainer if you will where they were talking about what happens in a hot car and we had one of our talent actually go out and sit in the hot car oh my god and yeah it's a um, you get really sick a lot faster than you might think no I I believe you heat stroke is no joke oh yeah it's no joke whatsoever Mm -mm. especially in the south oh yeah so with something like that I would advise them this is what you're going to get you have to have you know your wireless mic if you're trying to have return or any way for your talent to hear the producer this is what you have to do and kind of walk through all the technical steps that they need to make something like that happen mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting that you could do that programming that crosses into you know weather as a public service announcement oh yes and 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 there's so many people at weather channel that they take their position extremely seriously mm-hmm. um, oh like too seriously mm, not too <laughs> seriously but they you know they know that this message they're getting out there is important right. that it's going to save lives exactly so to them it's 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 more than a job it's kind of like almost a duty if so, you will so when there's a big storm storm a coming um does the place like explode with energy absolutely oh my god i would love to see that yeah it's it's beforehand especially you need to invite me over there please <laughs> no problem it's not overreaction news no no it's a big old deal well and that's and sometimes i think people think it's overreacting but it really isn't right you know i mean it really it really like like for example, I think it was maybe Hurricane Michael yeah. was coming through, or yeah. Hurricane Matthew, I think, actually. Hurricane Matthew was coming through. And had it shifted just 10 miles, it would have been a lot of devastation. So people hear, oh, well, you know, this this hurricane came through and everybody made this big deal and nothing really happened. And it's like, well, you don't understand. You know, we can't predict 100% what's going to happen. We can get pretty close. Right. And 10 miles is a very small uh, uh, window, if you will, into what could have been ten times as devastating, and of course right. it caused damage and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it was just ten, a ten-mile stretch that That's had so interesting. Had the storm moved just ten miles, right? It would have been a completely different, devastating story, right? Wow. But people don't think about it like that. They just think, well, it didn't hit us, and you know, it didn't right. do this and stuff. So, but they need to understand that ten miles is not that that big when you're talking about a storm that's you know 100 200 miles wide or something it's amazing well for for those people out there that love weather or love you or love what you do what what kind of training should people look into or what kind of training did you have to do what you do um so i think that's a question that probably should be broken into a couple of pieces okay and the first piece is for people who love weather what should they do to get to participate in like a weather channel or even a local news station because those can be pretty impactful too um i would say that obviously not obviously but i mean certainly they should look into a meteorological degree that they yeah. should look into atmospheric science or something like that um, uga has a really great program for for people who are interested in that if people lived in the state of georgia yeah um i know a lot of people go to um I think it's in Mississippi. I'm trying to think of the name of Jacksonville State, maybe, in okay. Mississippi. So they should really look into a meteorological program gotcha. of some kind. And they're Be- usually, t- like, two years. 
long. No, no? They're, no, they're bachelor's degrees. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to have to have some kind of meteorological degree to get on air at most places and, and right. give the weather. Yeah. But there's all kinds of other supporting positions that the Weather Channel uses and CNN uses and all these other places use, and they're called weather producers. So they're people who also have degrees in meteorology or atmospheric science, and, and they actually are behind the scenes putting a lot of the weather maps together because they have some training with graphics. So they understand this graphics and they can go in there and make these maps for the on-camera talent. So there's even that as a support person. Also, even some of the bigger organizations like like Weather Channel, they have, you know, global forecast centers. So you have people who are working there who aren't even necessarily specifically supporting an on-air talent, right. but they are putting together the whole forecast that the rest of the organization is using to make their maps and all that sort of thing. That's so interesting that you have all of those really high-level experts mm -hmm. uh, doing that. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. It's really it, it, it's really nice because it, it makes the job pretty science-based. And they're smart people. Yes. Yeah, so you're not going to, to some company where everyone's a knucklehead. You're, you're working with some really sharp, well-educated people. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's a great place to, to be, for sure. That's Sarah's Nirvana. <laughs> Teresa, we're well into February, and I've got to say, I'm keeping one of my New Year's resolutions this year. I bet I know which one. Your vitamin supplements, right? I know that's important to you. It is, and it's gotten so easy. I started using this great new service called Care Of. They're an online company that sends vitamins right to my door. Wait a minute. I've heard of Care Of somewhere. Give me a minute. I'll think of it. But you're right. That is convenient. How did you decide what vitamins were the most important for you to take? And it just keeps getting easier, Teresa. There's an insightful and easy to take online quiz on their website, takecareof.com. It was really helpful and I enjoyed taking it. Very cool. I've always disliked going to the store and trying to decide what supplements I really need. It's daunting. And of course, that means I don't do it as often as I should. Exactly. Care of's personalized plan has been working great for me. Each prescription box contains daily packs, so I don't have to sort through anything. It's awesome. Especially when you're on the go as much as we are with Girls on Film. I got it. I knew I saw them somewhere. Didn't I read that Care Of is also connected to the Good Plus Foundation? And you know I support them. I know you do, and you're right. Part of every sale goes to the Good Plus Foundation to provide expectant mothers in need the prenatal vitamins that they need to have healthy babies. Okay, I'm in. I'm going to takecareof.com as soon as our amazing producer Port stops recording. Well, not to sound like a game show host, but wait! There's more! You and every one of our fabulous Girls on Film subscribers can get an amazing New Year offer from Care Of. Amazing, as in 50% off your first month of personalized care vitamins. Just go to takecareof.com and enter Girls on Film 50. I see you writing furiously, Teresa. Go to takecareof.com and enter Girls on Film 50. 50. Really, you're writing down girls on film? Doesn't hurt to be accurate, Miss Thang. I'm just a kidding you. 
I know you'll love care of. Hey, I'm rhyming. I should do copy for them. I think we just did. My, my dad was um, in the Air Force, and he quit high school to join. And when he joined the Air Force, they sent him to college for an associate's degree. And they said, you need, a, you need an associate's degree because we want you to be a weatherman. Mm-hmm. So he went to college. He never graduated from high school, went to college, and got his degree in meteorology, but it was an associate, it was a two-year degree. Mm-hmm. So that, you were talking about your grandfather, and, and my interest in weather comes from my dad, who knew so, so much about it. Oh, wow. And explained it to me, you know, for his whole life. So, and I think Port's father also <laughs> was a, 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 weather, a weather guy. Actually, he was in the Army Air Corps. And he became a pilot, so he knew a little bit about weather. But. He sure did. Well, you, we were talking. Port and I were talking about clouds one day, and, and I was really impressed that he knew this, you know, very specific kinds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have gone out with you when I was younger. That would have that would have done it for me. It, it was cumulonimbus, and I think everybody knows that. No, it was cirrus. Oh, it was a cirrus. The, the two I know. And cumulocirrus. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, we, port, you don't give yourself enough credit. I swear to God. So you've picked up a lot of a lot of education just mm-hmm. working there. Oh, sure. In that environment. And I, I mean, to be fair, I had an interest in weather before I ever came <gasps> here. You did? Oh, absolutely. Because when we grew up in Alabama, you know, you would have tornadoes come through and stuff. And so it was really interesting yep. to kind of understand. And, and I guess to be fair, I'm a, gen, a generally curious person. Right. So I like to understand how things work, whether it's a piece of equipment or Congress or, you know, any other any other thing very that good. ever could be, I need to understand how it works. Very good. Very good. Well, like most people, when there's a huge weather event, the first thing we do is turn to the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. So it's so exciting when it's like, you know, the wind is whipping and the water is mushing. So tell take us through, like, being out in the wild like that. Well... Thankfully, I haven't had to go out in the wild for that very often. There was one time I came out to uh, cover a local tornado, and there's sometimes I've been out here when there was weather happening, but I've never gone to the hurricanes because, I I mean, that would be extremely um, hard to do. That's reserved for the expendable people. Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) Kidding. I know. It it, it isn't, but it it really isn't... uh, for somebody who has a family, it's difficult to try to go out and and cover that sort of thing when you have a family because you may be gone, you know, two, two and a half weeks yeah. or something like yeah. that. And if yeah. you have a family and family commitments and all that kind of stuff, it makes it sort of difficult. Right, right. Well, see, that's something I didn't know. Two and a half weeks, holy cow. Well, the talent usually doesn't have to go out and stay out for two and a half weeks. But a lot of the crew people get switched around and moved around, and they will cover before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. Wow. So sometimes, especially some of the support people, like, you know, we have fuel trucks and stuff like that. Like, those people will have to be out for quite a while. Right. Um, I'd like to add, it's also dangerous. Just last year, the year before, a reporter to Photog up in South Carolina 
died covering the storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tree fell on the car. I think. <sighs> yeah. It's pretty dangerous, and, and to be candid, it's just not something that I can really risk at this point. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't do yeah. that very much. I, I hear you. But I have covered, um, gone out and set up a 360 camera for one of the launches for uh, NASA's GOES, GOES S satellite that they launched in almost a year ago very cool yeah that was pretty cool that is cool so you work with you have a partnership with nasa yes weather channel does have a partnership i mean not like an official partnership but they go down and, and weather channel covers a ton of stuff for and NASA. I, I don't know what all of this stands for NOAA. that's the national Oce- oceanic, oceanic and atmospheric association so you so for. you work with those folks i'm sure we do i mean we I don't know how to, I mean, like I said, it's not like an official partnership, but right, definitely we, we talk with people from NOAA, we right. work with people from NOAA, so, you know, they kind of help, can help guide us through what they're going to issue and stuff like that, and we, we keep a pretty pretty close watch on what they do when gotcha. storms like this, or, or storms, or any, any kind of storm is coming through. I have a question for you. As part of the innovation team, mm-hmm. what new technology are you guys looking at if you can talk about it um that you haven't put on the area that we might be seeing well i don't think we're really supposed to talk about stuff that we're oh, putting come on, on before but i mean <laughs> you know mainly obviously we've invested in imr and um imr yeah imr that's immer- right the, the immersed reality yeah that's okay. the immersed reality gotcha so um which i think there's some other better way to describe it i'm not sure I'm probably describing it wrong, but well, we, I got I knew what you meant. We definitely have invested quite a bit in in that, so that's one of the the biggest things that's up and coming. Okay, so you think that'll be changing a little bit? Just not changing per se, as just being more prevalent. Okay, understood. It's so cool. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely, it's a really um, it's a really nice tool. How I see it as a consumer, right. because. You know, I can step back and look at this from a consumer standpoint. And from a consumer standpoint, it really is a great tool to sort of tell me what to expect. So if I'm in Florida and they're telling me that there's going to be storm surge or something like that, that can seem sort of opaque almost or ambiguous. I'm like, oh, well, storm surge, what does, you know, what does that mean? But then I see see this, this, this whole picture of this person standing in it and they're saying this is how much the water is and they're telling this is you know the weight of the water that will move a car how far it has to you know come up on the side of the car and all that kind of stuff and I say oh this could wash my car away I should move I should get out of this area Mm -hmm. during this time so I think it's a great tool to use to help a consumer you know know where it is you know what a weather consumer or even just a regular person understand what they need to do you know, to protect themselves and their families. Right. That's excellent. So what other things is the new technology, is the, is the new technology group looking at? Well, mainly we're just looking at ways to streamline broadcasting. Like how can I make broadcasting back to the station easier, quicker, more efficient? Um, you know, how can I make the pictures prettier? What can I do to sort of do something new like does a 360 camera work for us can we use a 360 camera in these instances we know what what instances are best to use this new 360 which is not new 360 technology but i mean it's for broadcast it's pretty new what do you find is best for the 360 camera 
I think the 360 camera um, is best if you're going to be using it with social media, only because it's interactive. That's interesting. Right. Mm. So I can't, you know, the viewer can't pick up their TV and rotate right. the footage, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, old school 360 was you would put a camera and just turn it 360 degrees and like, oh, look, there's, there's <laughs> right, what you can right, see, right. you know. But it, it just isn't a tool that um, is great for on air unless I, I, and we've used it a couple times, um, I figured out that what we could do is we have a private like YouTube channel, we can stream to it and we can put that in a monitor behind talent and they can hold an iPad and actually manipulate it. But still it isn't the viewer getting to manipulate the image. Right. So it's just one of those things where, um, I mean, it, the technology is interesting, but I think uh, it's, in my opinion, it's better used, uh, you know, specifically for social media. Like if somebody's on Facebook or Twitter or something like that, where it's a personalized experience that the person can interact with. That's very cool. That's great. So, um, you, what, it's interesting when you started talking about um, how to communicate back to the, to the station. Mm-hmm. Um, most places don't have to do that as much field production as you guys do. Mm-hmm. So could you just elaborate a little bit on that? Because if you have these virtual teams, mm-hmm. um, how do you bring everybody together? Well, we have, you know, during a storm, we have roll call and stuff like that okay. where everybody calls in, you know, on conference calls and stuff. We have maps that we use. You know, we have everything set up to where this is where this person is and that person. And it's kind of like um, um, a situation room. It sounds, right, I was gonna say, it sounds like the army. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a situation room. So we have, you know, something like that set up and everybody kind of communicates about, you know, where the storm is moving and where they may need to move and where's a good place to sort of hunker down to get through this bad part of the storm. Because we'll stay on as long as we can. But okay. if it becomes unsafe, they will move people. Right. So, I mean, I've, I've been in plenty of meetings where they said, you know, this, you know, X talent and X, you know, crew is sitting in this place and this place is going to get demolished. Um, so we have to move. Right. And we've just moved everybody. Absolutely. So, so mm. who makes those calls? Um, we have uh, our, our senior leadership okay. would make those calls. Like we have um, a, pro- a vice president of programming and all that kind of stuff. And, and those people would, would end up making that kind of call. Did you ever sleep at work? Yes. Okay. I have a little bit of post. <laughs> I have some post-traumatic stress about that. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anybody that works in a big newsroom like that has to sometimes sleep at work well That's i think right. i think mainly the reason we had to sleep at work was that i think it was almost uh was it five years ago they had snowmageddon or whatever where oh my god uh, yeah snow we had two inches of snow i know well but the, really the problem with it was wasn't the, the the two inches of snow right and this is my own personal comment this is not any kind of official understood weather channel statement understood but the snow came down and the roads were pretty cold but people were driving on them and it froze so the precipitation actually froze you know like it melted and then refroze on the roads so people were slipping and sliding everywhere and the schools kind of made my children were in school at the time yeah and they made sort of a last minute decision to release them and because they waited till when they did 
everybody was on the road exactly when that precipitation was melting and refreezing and all those kids slept on the bus that night some a lot of them did yeah especially in Cobb County I know that I mean my my children were able to make it home right but uh but it wasn't I mean it wasn't like all the kids did some of the kids had to stay at the school and the the same situation happened in 2009 with the flooding they kind of waited to right. make a call on that and yep. so some kids were trapped at yep. their school yeah Mm. And that's um, why we had no school the other day when it was 44 and sunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but you know they, you know, I don't think they want to make that kind of mistake. Again. Oh no, oh, no. you know, Mm-mm. you know, you don't want to like, you know, in the course of my children being in school, have three incidences because they had two where some kids got trapped at school. So yeah. you certainly don't want to have like three, four, five instances where kids are stuck at school because yeah. that just looks bad. I'm from Buffalo, You're New right. York. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I found that to be extremely humiliating. That whole event. Because everyone I knew from Buffalo, New York, called me and said, what is going on in Atlanta? You guys are retarded or something. Yeah. Just, what is going on? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we, couldn't, we couldn't drive. Well, and, and my husband, he's from Minnesota. So he's lived up in Minneapolis and stuff. and Not Minneapolis, north of Minneapolis. and Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a real difference, though. Because up there, the, the snow, the way the snow comes is different than it comes here. And the problem that we have is that it freezes, it melts, and then refreezes on the roads, which is a totally different situation than what you're going to get in most places. You can put snow tires on other places, and that's great, but snow tires don't help you in ice. No, nothing helps in ice. Yeah. Nothing. I remember coming home from work that day, and, and the traffic wasn't moving, and I knew I had to go like around the corner, and I was going to be home free. So I was like, screw this, I'm getting off the road. And I drove over seven people's front lawns. And I was just like, all right, I'm, yeah. So I was, I was good. Wow. Little VW bug. It didn't do anything to the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) There was too much ice on the lawn. It was, it was, but but it was fine. It was fine. So that, I thought that was an exciting day, actually. Yeah, I slept at the Weather Channel that night. Oh, my God. And, like, we didn't have, I didn't have a toothbrush. Oh, my God. Because I wasn't expecting it, you know. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess I, I, I know I can drive in ice, and I know I can drive in snow. Right. But I wasn't expecting the roads to be full of people. Right, right. I'll never forget the footage of that, because I was home, and, uh. That was really something. Really something. So anyway, Addie, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I know Sarah is like, you know, overjoyed. And I, I have learned so much about weather, too. So. <laughs> Teresa's such a good friend. She listens to me. Oh. I do. I do listen. I gather up on about, about the weather. It's so nice. So we <laughs> hope everybody out there enjoys the weather, too, because we're girls on film. And you can always find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And please tweet us at Girls on Podcast 4. And let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to talk about. So thanks for listening. We are Girls on Film, and we are out. <laughs>